Welcome to another Ember Weekend. I'm Chase McCarthy. And I'm Jonathan Jackson. Hey, John. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing good. We've been pretty busy this weekend. Uh, yeah, trying to get the website up and running and uh, streaming. Uh, right. Good to go. Yeah, stre- streaming on iTunes. It's it's kind of difficult. Yeah, it's a thing. Yeah, I ended um, up running across a, a bunch of a bunch of weird gotchas with the RSS feed. Oh, yeah? Like uh, what? Uh, basically, yeah, the feed generator we were using uh, was generating kind of like invalid XML. We had to like delete links and things. I don't know. It yeah, was kind of yeah. weird. Uh, well, eventually you ended up running into the, the thing where to do streaming, it has to respond to, uh, what is that thing? It, it has had to, to respond to a, like a byte array. Right. It had to, You had to be able to do a, a git with a length. Uh, and we're hosting our files on S3, uh, which doesn't support length uh, queries. But um, uh, Amazon CloudFront does. So we ended up moving, uh, kind of putting CloudFront in front of our S3 bucket. Um, and that ended up working. Yeah, I, I think it looked really cool. I was I was a little sad when the first time we did it, uh, we had to download the entire episode before we could play it. Right, right. So now it's just you press the button and things start playing. Yeah, yeah. You could you could download, but but you couldn't press the play button. Uh, and then and then the other thing we ended up wanting to capture was metrics, um, and that's a that's kind of a pain because apparently iTunes doesn't give you any kind of indication of yeah. How many well, it's just serving an RSS, so right. So yeah, yeah it wouldn't. Um, and and S three D doesn't have really good features for that. So we're kind of working on something now to. To, to gather some logs of uh, yeah. how many times people are listening, yeah. if they are at all. <laughs> if they are at all. I guess we could start diving into the show. The first thing I wanted to talk about is a thing by Eric Brin, a library, uh, called Ember Turbolinks. Oh, really? Is that is that a real thing? Yeah, <laughs> so I asked myself the same question. He made the unfortunate decision, or fortunate, depending on what side of the fence you're on, to release it on April 1st. So I spent uh, I spent an inordinate amount of time trying to figure out if he was... If this was an elaborate troll. <laughs> Turns out it's actually it's actually um, not a troll, and it is quite useful. So what Ember Turbolinks does is it allows you to specify whether or not you want to turbify a link, and if you have uh, server-generated uh, pages, it can link to those things, and it'll do PJAX-style refresh, with. so it doesn't actually perform a full refresh. Okay, so this is if you have an existing uh, server-side generated HTML app, and you want to convert this over to an Ember app, kind of piecemeal, right? And you want to get you know one page at a time converted to Ember, and 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 kind of concentrate on the most critical pages first, and worry about kind of the the more static pages. Yeah, and it has some it has some uh, some rails. So like probably most people's use case for this would be trying to int- integrate Ember into an existing Rails application, uh, and it has some cool Rails features, uh, like it'll copy over the CSRF token and uh, and some other things that are just kind of nice to haves. Yeah. So I can definitely see myself using this in some some apps. Uh, so anyways, uh, yeah, so that's cool. You should definitely check that out. And I think uh, now we're going to talk about Broccoli. Right, yeah. So we when, while we were generating the S, uh, RSS feed for the for Ember Weekend's website, um, we ended up needing to do just a little bit of Broccoli manipulation. We wanted to basically have some JSON files. We don't want to write XML by hand. So we had some some JSON config files for each episode and for the feed in general that we wanted to read in and pass to a an existing node library. Right. Would, uh, yeah, an RSS library that actually handles all the counting of how how long how many bytes are in the in the, the um, MP3 and it does some uh, some nice things for you and it gives you a nice DSL to create the RSS feed. Right. Yeah, it'll calculate how many bytes like the the file is and create a mime type and things based off the extension. Yeah. But we started messing with broccoli and uh, 
Well, not uh, we should we should step back a little bit. So broccoli, not not the food, right? Not not the vegetable, right? right? Yeah, broccoli broccoli the build tool. Yeah. So I make the I make the mistake of always just uh, googling for broccoli anytime I need to go and look at the docs and being upset when when you get broccoli. Yeah, the Wikipedia article on broccoli. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if you type broccoli JS, it's an asset pipeline that is backend agnostic that is is very performant and is used in Numbersy a lot. Right, and it has a very simple interface, and that was one of the things that it kind of was known for in the beginning was that. All you had to do was define, basically, give it an object uh, that was that had that responded to read and clean up, and it basically did all kinds of magic things. And uh, and, and and for the longest time, it was kind of obscure for for me, or it was kind of a uh, difficult yeah, to understand exactly. Yeah, yeah it's, how it it's hard to it's hard to kind of like like grok it. it like it, it's actually very simple, but as you start approaching these things, you see these like very intricate plugins that do really very specific you know, fine grained things, and you get like kind of overwhelmed. Um, we've done a lot of broccoli conversions too, like a lot of stuff from uh, grunt to broccoli. Uh, we 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 migrated a few little micro libraries, and that was that was a really fun experience. But we always ended up coming back to you know like really we need a, a better understanding of broccoli. So I think this this is one of those things where you did a deep dive to try to get a little bit better understanding. Yeah, I was kind of fed up with like kind of spending the first few hours banging my head against the desk uh, <laughs> every time I would try to do something with broccoli. And so I was like, I'm just going to sit down for the weekend and and dive just really deep into it because I knew there were some changes coming to broccoli too yeah and I wanted to really understand how broccoli worked internally and I think I finally got a, a little closer to that at least um, and so what I wanted to talk about is is basically the the new changes to broccoli uh, or there's this is the new signature right so now it's not just read and clean up it's uh, rebuild, rebuild. And, yeah. and clean up as well or? rebuild and clean up yeah okay so yeah. it's changing from read with the read tree function that gets passed in and re and changing over to this new style. Right. So now, now instead of defining uh, a read, uh, you just define rebuild. And and the the key difference is uh, that with read, you are passed in a read tree function um, that you would any any input trees that you wanted to that you depended on being built before you ran. Uh, so if if you think about uh, if you're a coffee compiler, broccoli coffee compiler, um, you want to make sure that all the coffee script files have been you know copied into the directory before you run or something. Uh, then you would you would take in your your coffee script tree, and then by the time and when you ran read tree on that on that directory, you knew that they had been written into this right. And then you would then you, you would then it, and then you're basically calling a, a you would you would make sure the promise resolves before you actually do your your job. Right. The the read tree function returns back a promise. Right. And that promise resolves to a directory where those files have been symlinked into. Right. Um, and then you can do whatever processing you need, like compile. compile and then you just pass script. on. And then you're right, and then your and your your job as read was to pass a uh, a return. You could either return a directory if that's all you did, um, or you could you could return a promise to a directory. Right, and that would be that's what you would return back. Um, and that was that's nice and all, but the the kind of main pain about that was that it exposed a little bit of the internals of broccoli through the mm -hmm. read tree. Um, well, or, for for like multiple input trees, right? Right. Yeah, you had to because I guess because performance metrics are being gathered. Uh, you had to call read tree in uh, sequentially, so kind of. Wait, you'd have to then it. You'd have to say then, like resolve this tree, then resolve this tree, and so on until you had you had to manually specify the order of your input trees. Right. You couldn't. You couldn't just kind of fire off a bunch of read trees at the same time. You had to make sure you called one, you waited waited for it to resolve, then called another one, and that was because internally there there were metrics being gathered. Right. About each how long each tree was taking to. to Which there, those are still going to be available in Ember CLI, I would imagine. I definitely would like to see because it will uh, the broccoli outputs uh, the the tree build time. So I'm 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 gonna have to do a deep dive and see 
and see how they're going to continue to have those metrics available. Right. Um, the the end result of the build, you get back a node, and that node has timing on it. Oh. Okay. Um, and and I think I believe each node of the tree has timing about how long that node mm. took to build. Very cool. Um, and basically, it has and it has it has self time, and it also has like total time for it and all its dependence. Right. Um, so so now um, so if I if I'm understanding this correctly, so now you have uh, multiple input trees. Uh, and rather than having to manually specify the order in which these things are resolved, you just call rsvp.resolve and it'll resolve all of those trees and they'll be like all of the things will happen internal to broccoli. Is that correct? Well, you don't even you don't even have to call resolve the so the tree itself has a property called either input trees where you give an array of trees or mm -hmm. input tree. And these are usually defined in like a constructor or or some kind of some function where the you would pass in, say, with concat, you would say, you know, concat, here's a here's an array of trees. So concat itself would create a tree and it, it would have a property called input trees right. that it gave those trees. And Broccoli will now look at input trees. If you define rebuild, it will look at input trees as um, its its job is to build input trees first, then call your rebuild. So when your rebuild happens, uh, those input trees have already been written. So and the uh, cool. and the input and you also get another property uh, get, that gets kind of tacked on by, by Broccoli during the build called input paths. And those are the paths where those trees have been written to. Oh, okay. So you could still you could still reference them if you had to, had to do some manipulation to the to the individual tree. If you yeah, yeah. Like like if you're if you were obviously like if you were concatenating them, you need to know where they were written out to. Ah, very cool, very cool. Uh, I should mention uh, we did mention at the top of this uh, of this discussion we had here that this is a library written by Joel Liss, and uh, and I think it's super awesome, uh, and uh, I really like it as compared to Grunt, which I had some problems with. Yeah, I, I really, I mean, I find myself reaching for Broccoli now uh, for any kind of, any build tool that I need. Just because, yeah. I, I guess because I know it better. Um, and there, there, there's so many plugins out there now for it. And it's, it seems a lot easier to write. Yeah. Uh, once, once you know how it works internally, there's a lot of abstractions that people have built for you. So you don't have to do a lot of work to get a, a yeah. really huge effect. And it's, it's fast. It's very, very fast. Absolutely. Uh, okay, so uh, I also wanted to talk about uh, this thing called Ember Watson. Another library uh, by Adolfo Bulles, and this library was originally uh, crafted in order to allow people to easily transition to the new uh, QUnit 2.0 uh, syntax. So that worked, and in, in everyone, I mean, I, I think I know I know several projects that use this in order to kind of help facilitate that transition. But recently, there was a blog post also by Adolfo that they added a new feature. In this feature, the uh, function prototype extensions. Uh, for property and observer can be removed. And instead of calling dot property at the end of your functions, you say ember dot computed, and then you pass the cache keys uh, and then a function as the as the final argument to computed. And uh, and I think this is really cool because I've never been a fan of the function prototypes. Yeah, I'm the same way. The It, it always seemed like, a, a, especially explaining it to somebody in the beginning of like, yeah, you just dot onto the end of your function, you yeah. know, well, I remember. So, so when I first started, I was doing JavaScript for way longer than I was doing Ember, and uh, and I would come in here, and they'd be like, "Just do dot property." And I was like, "Where where's that come from? That's not a thing." Like, I know I know that's not a thing. Right. Um. So it, they were they're basically putting these extensions on there is to make you know the syntax re easier. I think now the uh, the the docs are trying to shift over to Ember computed rather than dot property, and uh, and it, it makes a lot more sense to me to have the the keys that you're dependent upon be the first thing that you read. So you see Ember computed, and then you're like, oh, I depend on first name and last name. Uh, before, like before, you would read this entire function, and at the very end, you get those cache keys. So I don't know. I really, I really like this. I, I like this change, and I think this is a really cool tool to, if you have existing libraries, 
you can come in there, use Ember Watson to, to get rid of all those or you know change them over to Ember Computeds. It's using a Sprema, I believe, also. Yeah, yeah. So it's breaking apart the your your script into the AST to, to actually see. Like it's not just some big regex or something. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, and I and I suspect that the AST like this means that Ember Watson will probably continue to evolve and provide more and more useful things of how to do generic refactorings. Right. And we actually both learned something looking at the kind of some of the commits about how on init would work. Uh, using oh yeah. One of those. Yeah. There's so there's a PR um, up right now on Ember Watson that is going to allow you to use this tool to remove the, you know, ember.observe, uh, you know, on init. It, it lets you write ember.on init and then pass your function. So yeah. rather than having to specify an observer and then call on, on init on that, you can actually build. Yeah, the, and the I, didn't, I didn't even know that was a thing until we, we looked at it. And yeah, yeah so it's really neat. That was the one place that I ended up still having to use the kind of that syntax where I was just, you know, uh, I guess dotting on the end and right. saying on init, and it, and it kind of felt weird. Yeah, uh, and a quick shout out. Uh, you should check out Adolfo's book. Uh, I believe it's called uh, Ember CLI 101, and uh, it's super cool. Yeah, and, uh, he, he, and I, I actually had a comment about that where uh, when you when you told me about that, and I was like, how how does any any Ember CLI book stay up to date? And you you made a, you you basically said that he oh yeah he's, he's really on it. He's yes, just always absolutely. updating. Yeah, absolutely, always updating. So it's very cool. So that's kind of a, a twofer for you. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, I also wanted to do a really quick shout out to Emberland. Uh, we were mentioned on their on their podcast. I want to say on episode six, uh, which is really cool. It's kind of cool to have another podcast mention us on their podcast. Uh, Pretty great. Um, it's by Robert Jackson and Dan McLean, and uh, they do some cool stuff. We're actually uh, we're second to them on the iTunes list right now under Tech News for for the Embers <laughs> keyword. I know that's like kind of a weird thing to be excited about, but yeah, search, search specifically for tech podcasts and the word Ember, and we're like number two. <laughs> yes, like we're, we're number we're, two. We're moving up there. We're right there. We're right there. So, uh, anyways, I wanted to mention them. It's a really cool place to get to some some extra news. And that's all we have for this Ember weekend. Uh, I'm Jonathan Jackson, and I'm Chase McCarthy. See you next weekend.